0: you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes
1: you just need to get those Z's. And if you do need to snooze, we'd much rather you did that in a comfortable premeditated place than in our pews on a Sunday morning. You can always catch up with the sermon later right here on the Sunday morning sleep in podcast.
0: Now we're pretty convinced that you're going to miss out on some of the really cool things that we find at church, like intergenerational community, which is kind of rare around the place these days, inspiring music adorable children and we won't be able to give you any cookies after worship, but we'll give you what we can.
1: I'm Chris Marshall and I'm Susan Foster and we are United Methodist Pastors in the biggest little city in the world, Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or homiletical harbingers of a new age, we're your average pastors, helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week.
0: We started this podcast so that if you're away from home, working, coaching your kid's soccer team, maybe there's a tournament of baseball or some such The nonsense. World Cup is on. The World Cup is on. Or maybe you just had a hard week and you need to sleep in. You can catch up with some of the ideas floating around the church by listening
1: to us. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday. Now, you might hear some noises in the background of the podcast. Sometimes you'll hear my dog knocking at the door or trotting on by. Uh, We hope that you won't be distracted uh, by that or by anything else that you'll be able to receive these things with an open heart and an open mind.
0: And we're serious about that open mind. We really do believe that God has given us brains to think and and experiences to reflect upon in order for us to grow. So we hope that you will take this opportunity to think and to question and to disagree and have conversations with your beloved people. But our sincere hope is that in all of that, that you will experience a mysterious loving force in the world that we know as God moving in your life as you consider this.
1: So we are on week two and chapter three of a sermon series based on a book by Richard Rohr called Breathing Underwater, Spirituality and the 12 Steps. And this book helps us to realize, to to explore ideas around what 12-step groups can teach us, not just about recovery, but about salvation, enlightenment, holistic living, all those things, because we think we're all struggling with something.
0: So step three.
1: So step three, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to God as we understood God. In other words, step three is about surrender,
0: surrender. And that's just such a, a word that we just we are just falling into every day about surrendering. Our culture tells us to do it all the time. Oh, really? wait, no, no, no,
1: no. Other right? way around. No, no.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Right. We're
1: supposed to fight, fight, fight,
0: fight, right? Like never give up.
1: Never give up, never give in. It takes a long time to um, to surrender or to accept Right Mm -hmm. ourselves and other people and our past and our mistakes Mm -hmm. and our idiosyncrasies and our imperfections and how things should be different, it takes us a long time to accept. And Henry Nowen, who is a Catholic um, mystic, said to Richard Rohr in conversation one day that the fact that this takes us such a long time reflects our own endless capacity for self-loathing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. we it's we're it's so much easier to be critical to point out what's wrong than it is to right accept
0: and even as we use this word surrender i think i know we're carrying around some baggage around what we think surrender is mm-hmm. and one of the things that i found helpful in our chapter and talk and thinking about thinking about this was that surrender is not like a giving up mm. It's a giving to, yeah. which is like I know somatics and all that, but it's a really powerful difference. Like, um, because that giving to, that giving over, um, is a much different experience
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and leads to something different.
1: Yeah. It's not losing, it's being present. Right. As he says, what you resist persists, mm-hmm. right? The, the harder you fight against something, often the, the, the more difficult it is it, to yeah. get rid of it. So one of the examples I used in church was, if I said, don't think about purple elephants, what are you all thinking about? <laughs> well, everybody's thinking about purple elephants. And I said, I'm actually not interested if you're thinking about purple elephants. I want to know which ones of you are mad at yourselves or at me for doing that nasty trick right. about purple elephants, because that's where surrender comes in. Right, it's not about whether or not you're thinking about purple, purple elephants. elephants. It's about how harshly you judge yourself Self. for falling for or, or or listening to that inner voice. Yeah, for making a mistake, for being manipulated, for mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we how do we move past those things? How do we surrender? And so the cycle that we sort of fall into is we want to have power. Right. We often feel powerless, so we want to have power, and we often assume. That power and control are the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so we want to take control. Mm -hmm. And then we take control. And if we are in control and things are still going badly, we have to justify that. And so we say, well, I'm always right. Right. If I'm in control, I'm always right. And if I'm always right, then I am powerful. Right. And it's kind of a nasty cycle.
0: Right. And that cycle... Is, is, is very different from the, the surrender decision, mm-hmm. right? Like the decision to overcome what's become habit, that kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. That's where we overcome that, um, where, we, where we can overcome our need to control.
1: Right. Well, and one of the things that Jesus said was, if you want to follow me, you have to renounce yourself. You have mm-hmm. to en- renounce uh-huh. that part of yourself that thinks that you're always right, that you're always going to be in charge. You have to let part of that go. Right.
0: And he says it enough times that it's in three of the four Gospels, right? Like, right. like I, I think that's a really important key. Maybe he didn't say it more than once, but people realize that that was an important part mm-hmm. of being a disciple. Yes. And the radical surrendering of our will to another whom we trust more than ourselves.
1: Whom we trust more than ourselves. Exactly. That it's about the relationship um, with, with God, with a higher power, Um, More than it's about who's in charge. It's about trusting Mm -hmm. that somebody else might have something to teach you about yourself.
0: What a crazy concept.
1: The most common substitute for surrender in most religions is sacrifice. Mm -hmm. You hear people talk about sacrifice a lot. Um, Being
0: sacrificial.
1: And being sacrificial. We often resent sacrifice because we think that God is telling us we can't have it all. It all. Right, we can't all. have it all. And the purpose of sacrifice is sometimes gets twisted because we are imperfect people. And so sacrifice is good in scripture when it is for somebody else's spiritual benefit. Mm-hmm. But often what it becomes for us, our sacrifice becomes a way of asserting our own superiority, mm-hmm. other people's dependence on us. It's a way of looking for admiration or having control, and that is that is unhealthy. That's called codependency,
0: right? And right.
1: codependency is so pervasive in American culture that there is a twelve-step group specifically for people who have, have codependency. It's called Al-Anon for people and, who are and, family and friends of um, of people with addiction because they realize that the interrelated addiction is enabling.
0: Yeah. The, the people who say, oh, they're not that bad. Yeah. Oh, it was just one thing. What does it matter if nobody got hurt when they were driving drunk? Those kinds of behaviors.
1: Yeah. And so people with codependency, people who enable are often trying to appear strong and loving and generous, but the lack of consistency creates confusion and pain and can end up being kind of manipulative. because Mm. Oh, not just kind of, it it, is. It is manipulative to want somebody to depend more on you Mm. than on their own ability to surrender to God. You're sort of making yourself the middleman.
0: Or even a God. Yeah, or a God yourself. Right, because I think... I think a lot of times I see situations where people, they want to rush in and, and sacrifice everything to help the situation mm-hmm.
1: to be the savior,
0: to be the savior. And that's not what's needed. No, we already have one of those. We
1: not we already got a savior. Let somebody else, you know, figure right. that out for themselves. So, right. so he talks about bogus religion is often high on sacrifice and low on love, right? That real love is not about control. It's about empowering. Mm-hmm. and um over and over again in scripture there there's this theme of mercy not sacrifice it's in hosea jesus quotes yeah. it i desire mercy not sacrifice go and learn what this means i desire mercy
0: right not and
1: sacrifice surrender right um, not sacrifice
0: and i want to back up just a little bit to mm-hmm. talk about the idea that this 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 notion that we're talking about this whole the nobility of sacrifice mm-hmm. is is epidemic in what we know right this is what enables war to you know promotes war Mm -hmm. right like there's some sort of nobility noble noble end that we are working towards yeah
1: it's like a loyalty test
0: right or but but also you know that's a that's a like a big picture version of that Mm -hmm. but also it's the personal versions of this right like personal sacrifice you know we make heroes out of people who give things up You know the personal sacrifice of the of the of the Olympian. Mm -hmm. You know it's a wonderful thing, but it's not all of life, right? Right.
1: And Olympians aren't doing it for posterity,
0: right? Right. (laughs) Most
1: Olympians have a pretty pretty big ego, from what I can tell,
0: right? Or um, the American Idol contestant, right?
1: It becomes a pride thing,
0: and then like there are many wonderful people doing many heroic projects, but it's not the gospel. Like we we have substituted that narrative for the good news.
1: There's a show that I like to watch that y'all have heard me talk about before called RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh uh, yeah. And there was this moment on a season a few years ago, a couple years ago, when a contestant who had been winning a lot mm. got to the point where it was their turn to decide who was going to go home that week and instead of choosing one of the one of the two contestants who was sort of had performed lowest that week, chose themselves to go home. Right. And it, his name was Benda Krem. Yep. and everybody started calling him Bendelacrist. Christ. right Like oh, the self-sacrifice is self-sacrifice. but it's like, no, that's not what that was. I love Bendelarem. Bendelarem was my favorite character on the season until this moment because because it created this narrative of I will sacrifice myself when really it was I'm not willing to choose right I'm, I'm not, not willing to, I'm not to willing own my own opinion. opinion. Yeah. I'm I'm not willing to strive and that's not what we're asking for. Because no. this is a struggle. This is a striving thing. Right. It's just not about it's not about absenting yourself from the process. Um, we, yeah. don't, we don't get off that easy, right. frankly. But we yeah. keep returning to this idea that everything is built on merit. And if we could just be good enough, if we could just sacrifice just enough, enough, then right. we will earn our way into something. But it, it undermines this idea of grace that we're all coming to this needing some help. There's love that sincerely
0: seeks the spiritual good of others. And there's love that seeks superiority Mm -hmm. and that those are not the same thing those are not the same thing that we need to be careful about that because suicide bombers resentful people manipulative parents and codependents Mm -hmm. all come from this notion of love that seeks superiority yeah and you and i can name we won't we will. More things. Oh, yeah. That we see every day. Regularly. Regularly in, in the lives of people that is that kind of
1: and it, stumbling block. If you think about it, in using the metaphor of helicopter parents. Oh, yeah. Right? Like helicopter parents want to control their kids' life so that it's good. And they say they do that out of love. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of control. Oh, it's, t- right? it's It's control. Because one of the things that God as parent, we as parents, our parents for us, had to let us do was try things out, make mistakes, take responsibility, accept our own agency, all of those things. And when we don't allow people to grow up in that way, we infantilize them. So part of it is helping people grow up, Mm -hmm. including Mm -hmm. ourselves, letting ourselves just own our own stuff. Right. So it's not about this economy of what have you earned or what can right. you force? Mm-hmm. It's really about this idea of we're all relying on this power that's greater than ourselves. However, we understand that. We're all relying on this kind of greater good right? that we need to be open to because okay. we don't have the full picture all the time.
0: And, and anybody who says they do is, is delusional <laughs> at some level.
1: And we've talked about this with the Enneagram a little bit too. People mm-hmm. who are the, the nurses, the caregivers, right. the lovers... Um, sometimes do that so that they will be needed instead of so that other people can flourish. And the danger of that is this, is this codependency, but also resentment, Mm -hmm. right? The idea that nobody appreciates the sacrifice I'm making. So my favorite was when he mentioned, mentioned Friedrich Nietzsche. I was like mentioning Friedrich Nietzsche in a sermon because people (laughs) immediately go, I've seen that poster or whatever, Right. right? Whatever. Nietzsche's not my favorite philosopher, but he had some good ideas. And this was one of the things I liked of his, Um, He said, he was a German philosopher. He said what he resented most in Christians was the constant underlying resentment. Mm, Mm. Amen. He said there were four ways that he saw resentment in the Christian church. One was this sort of denied resentment. So this resentment that we don't admit to. Right. Where we resent God for demanding sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Even though Jesus tells us I require mercy, not sacrifice. Right. We, we resent God for demanding sacrifice. We resent other people for not appreciating our sacrifice. Right. Did
0: you not notice I was up on that cross?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. We resent sacrificing as much as we sacrifice. Right. And we resent that other people don't have to sacrifice as much as we see ourselves sacrificing. So we both resent people for not appreciating our sacrifice, but we also want them to sacrifice more. Right. Right. And so like, what kind of an environment does this create for a loving community? It just creates a community of re- reciprocity, of negotiation, mm-hmm. of... It's tit it's, for tat is what I, y- I call it. It's, it's very tit for tat. It's, it's, I haven't earned this or you haven't earned this. And it, it doesn't help us all kind of start from the same place and be in the same place. Mm-hmm. The silver bullet for this resentment is gratitude, right. which is related to powerlessness Mm -hmm. What are the things that you're grateful for today? Not generally speaking. What are the specific things in this moment? The specific things that you are grateful for.
0: My family.
1: That yeah that that you have relied on today, because gratitude is the only thing I think that's strong enough to overcome all of our temptation to resentment. Mm -hmm. Gratitude Mm -hmm. is what dispels the mythology that we have earned everything ourselves. Uh. Yeah. Um, so gratitude practices, I think, come in really handy as a spiritual practice around this. So when you catch yourself getting into that resentful place, just stop and make a list: ten things, fifteen things, twenty things. Yeah. That you're grateful for in this moment today.
0: Yeah. I talked a lot about false sacrifice, mm-hmm. and it's it's part of what you're talking about. Like the, it, it, there's a Venn diagram that includes yeah all those those things that we're talking about but it also is the thing that allows us to it stands in for the the, the sacrifices or the the renouncing or the, the the letting go giving to that we need to do
1: right we think because
0: we feel i've done that
1: i've i don't have to actually let anybody else have any input on how i'm doing things because i've satisfied them with all of these goats i've killed right, right. instead of saying okay how can i be open in this moment
0: I think sometimes we end up talking like at this level about like you know here we are we're Christians right and people go well where did Jesus do that Jesus was like he he looked at like the commerce going on in the temple and one of the reasons he turned the tables was
1: because because it it was
0: it was it was this false sacrifice it was like let's check the box yeah and let's do it in public yeah and let's do it in a way that it gives me credibility in the community.
1: Right. Or it makes me feel like I have some power over my own salvation. Right. <laughs> Whereas with grace, everything that we do is a response to something that we cannot earn. Right. Rather than us trying to earn something or prove that we've earned something. Um, I told a story about a moment in my life when I knew I needed to apologize. I had messed up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I knew... I needed to apologize. And when I went to apologize to this person, they didn't say, oh, that wasn't a big deal. They said, no, that was a big deal. And thank you
0: for apologizing. And And,
1: and we were able to restore the relationship. There was love and mercy and understanding Mm -hmm. on the other side, instead of the judgment that I felt was warranted. And just the the relief that goes Mm -hmm. along with that and the humility that -hmm, goes along mm -hmm. with that. And we're going to talk about this more in coming weeks because there's a lot about uh, restoration in coming weeks when it comes to relationships. But in that moment, it was easier to surrender Mm -hmm. because I knew that there was going to be grace on the other side. Right. And so one of the things I appreciate about what you were saying is that it's really not about, can you sacrifice more than the next person it's do you trust god
0: right do you trust god
1: do you trust that god loves you mm-hmm. do you trust that god cares enough about you to help you get through this thing
0: right right and that's really where i ended with my folks was our words say we believe that god is is loving and merciful and oftentimes our actions say we don't really believe that god is loving and merciful
1: right and so how yeah, my, do, you know what do we what do you really believe yeah, my question was, thanks. can you radically accept being radically accepted, accepted for, for nothing? nothing? Yeah. Can you accept that? That's that's what surrender is. It's not about giving up. Right. It's about allowing yourself to be somebody who is worthy of love. Right. And who is worthy of grace and who can be transformed. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep-in podcast. We will be back next week with chapter four of this book by Richard Rohr. And I will post a link in the episode notes on our archive, which is sundaymorningsleepin.com. You can catch up with us there. You can catch up with us any place uh, you listen to podcasts. If you have something that you want to tell us about, you can email us. We're at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com or you can comment on our social media platforms on Facebook or on the blog and you'll, um, you'll find us there. There were a bunch of scriptures for this podcast as well, and we'll post those in. The one that I used in my church was Matthew 7, 1 through 11, which talks about seeking and finding. Um, and the theme music that you're hearing is Take Me Higher by Jazzer.
0: So at the end of a worship service, we give a blessing, homework. You've heard some of our homework, right? But the homework that is, is endemic and, and integral to this work is is to go and love people, including yourself. And that squirrel having a little dream in the background. Yeah. Um, But go and love people, even if that means working on loving yourself. Because God loves you.
1: Amen.